could we start the consent agenda? It is time to uh, see if we get a motion on the adoption of the resolution. Uh, move approval. Second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? That's approved. And the minutes from October 25th? Move approval. Second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? That's approved. Uh, so moving right along to Burtonsville Town Square. Good morning, everyone. My name is Angelica Gonzalez, and the item before you is a site plan application number 82018-0200 for the Burtonsville Town Square Center Pad. With this application, staff is recommending approval with conditions for a 2,250-square-foot restaurant with a drive-through. The subject property is located about 600 feet from the intersection of Old Columbia Pike, Sandy Spring Road, and Columbia Pike. It is located within the Burtonsville Town Square Shopping Center, which is 27.21 acres. It is also located approximately 500 feet east of the Burtonsville Elementary School and about half a mile from the 29. The subject property is zoned CRT 1.5, C1.0, R1.25, H70 and surrounded by uses in the same zone. The uses consist of a shopping center surrounding, or beyond the surface parking, um, a shopping center, retail uses, restaurant, restaurants with drive-throughs, a bank with a drive-through, and a pharmacy with a drive-through. The subject property is approximately 0.72 acres, and it's accessed by Old Columbia Pike, MD 198 to the East and Old Columbia Pike along the south, and it's connected with inter it's connected with um, drive aisles that are internal to the subject or to the site. With this proposal, a 2,250 square foot restaurant is proposed, which is located here. The drive-through is accessed from this section of the subject property and wraps around the rear of the building and along the west side of the building. With this proposal, 16.3% of public open space is provided. And uh, with this open space, it is 6.3% above the required amount under the zoning ordinance. You see that on-site public open space is provided here, highlighted in dark blue, and off-site public open space highlighted in orange. And some of those features are within that open space is highlighted in the images above. This application also meets Article 2 of the Forest Conservation Law. In 2014, an amended final forest conservation plan was approved. This plan will be revised to include this application, which doesn't alter the forestation requirements. And therefore, the final forest conservation plan amendment is not needed. With this application, access, circulation, and parking includes sidewalks along the eastern side of the building, which is labeled number one here and here. Pedestrian pathways identified here, here, and here, labeled number two. Crosswalks identified as number three here, in this area, this area, as well as the, um, the exit area of the drive-through. 
Vehicular parking on the site is adequate. There is 10 spaces along the eastern side of the building, and this is intended for the restaurant visitors. In the western side, there is 12 parking spaces, and these spaces are intended for the shopping center overall. And so with that, the proposal provides um, an excess of nine parking spaces above the minimum that's required. The application also provides adequate bike parking spaces where number five is identified here, and that's where the short-term bicycle parking space will be located. The restaurant and drive-through minimizes impact to the existing vehicular circulation patterns and occupies the central drive-out. So this initially was where the, um, the central drive-out was, and this allows the other two drive-outs here to continue to be fully functional and adequate for the proposed use. The queuing area consists of a single lane drive-through which accommodates seven vehicles, which is two above the required amount, as well as screening provided along the, the western side here to screen that queuing area that you see here. The application provides compatible, well-integrated building massing and architecture. The new building is consistent with the massing and the surrounding development. The south front here runs along the main drive aisle and avoids a blank wall appearance. Further, the restaurant is centrally located on the surface parking lot and the proposed application consists of treatments along the south, east, and west elevations that articulates a masonry and fiber cement facade as seen throughout the shopping center. The application also substantially conforms to the 1997 Fairland Master Plan and the 2012 Burtonsville Crossroads Neighborhood Plan. The proposed restaurant with the drive-through use is in keeping with the master plans as it improves circulation, since additional pedestrian connections and um, improvements to the vehicular circulation um, will be made by the applicant. It also enhances the shopping center's attractiveness as a destination and contributes to its sense of place, given that the public open space that's provided complements the existing public open space. Also, the application serves to improve the local economy. With this application, there are waivers and modifications requested by the applicant. As part of this application, um, the waiver modifications consist of meeting the public open space requirements by providing sufficient public open space to be located off-site, modification to meet the Bill 2 area, as the zoning ordinance requires development in the CRT zone to be located along a street, as well as a waiver from the long-term bicycle parking. So the first one that I'll go through is the off-site public open space. Uh, under the zoning ordinance, the planning board may find that the requirement for public open space is satisfied in whole or in part by making public park or public open space improvements in an area at least as large as the required public open space located within or near the applicable master plan area. The zoning ordinance requires 10% of public open space and the total proposed off-site and on-site for the site is 16.3%, which is beyond the required amount. The location of the off-site public open space is also in an area that faces the on-site public open space. 
which easily is connected and accessed via the proposed crosswalk and sidewalks. Staff is supportive of the off-site public open space since the open space provided meets the intent of the public open space under the zoning ordinance and enhances the area not just to serve the proposed restaurant use but also other uses within the shopping center. The other modification that's being requested is the build two area. Under section 4.5.3C, 3B, the build two area, also known as the BTA, may be modified by the board during site plan review. In approving the site plan submitted under this subsection, the planning board must find that the plan one deviates from the build two area requirement only to the extent necessary to accommodate physical constraints and two, incorporates design elements that engage the surrounding publicly accessible spaces such as streets, sidewalks, and parks. Staff is supportive of the applicant's request due to the physical constraints of having the subject property located centrally within the shopping center on a pad site. Further, although the application does not meet the BTA requirement, the design of the open space areas were done in a manner to meet the BTA intent where elements engage with the surrounding publicly accessible spaces. For instance, the off-site public open space proposed by the applicant is designed in a way to mimic the existing open space in the shopping center as seen here. The applicant has also requested a waiver from providing the required long-term bicycle space in the um, initial part of the review of the application. But since the staff report was posted, the applicant has agreed to provide long-term bicycle parking space. As part of the application, staff did receive a number of public comments related to the location of restaurant with the drive-through, insufficient parking, increased traffic, crowded shopping center, the sign posting requirement guidelines, and the restaurant type. Since these issues were raised, the applicant has addressed these concerns. The applicant has moved the location of the subject property further west from MD 198. The required parking spaces are met for the proposed use as well as for the overall shopping center. The APF will continue to be met for the proposed application and the circulation proposed is adequate. The application has also addressed the posting concerns since the publication of the staff report. Staff received uh, two emails, one in opposition related to the specific type of restaurant proposed. However, the review of the application is based on findings needed for the proposed use under site plan and limited use standards that will be met with this application. The other public comment was related to recommending that the applicant provide green space for visitors to congregate with the proposal, the applicant is proposing an off-site open space with considerable amount of landscape and hardscape paths for access and circulation. With this application, um, as discussed in detail in the staff report, staff finds that the site plan does meet all the required findings under section 59.7.3.4E listed here. Also, as discussed in detail in the staff report, staff finds that the drive-through use meets all required limited use findings for section 59.3.5.14E. The application is located a minimum of 100 feet from any property that is vacant or improved with residential use in the agricultural, rural, residential, residential detached zone. Access to the site is not provided from a street with the residential classification. 
drive-through service window, drive-out, or queuing area are not located between the street and the front main wall of the building. The drive-through service window, drive-out, or stacking area is also not located between the street and the side wall of the building on a corner lot, and the applicant is seeking a site plan approval for the drive-through use as required by the zoning ordinance. In conclusion, staff is recommending approval for site plan number 8-2018-0200. That concludes my presentation, and staff is available to answer any questions that you may have. Thank you. Are you guys, I can go after they finish. Uh, good morning for the record. My name is Tim Dugan. I'm with the law firm of Shulman Rogers. With me this morning <clears throat> to respond to questions is uh, Brian Downey of Salt Centers, the uh, uh, owner of the project there, uh, under one of their affiliates, and also Keely Loretti of Saltes, who's our landscape architect and engineer for the project. Um, we have, uh, we agree to all the conditions of approval that the staff has recommended, including the uh, reference to the long-term parking space uh, for bicycles. Uh, so we're, we're totally in uh, agreement with all of that. Um, we are delighted to answer any questions that you have, but I think, uh, and many thanks to Sandra Piera and Angelica Gonzalez and also Richard Weaver for all of their hard work. Uh, and I think that presentation was very thorough. We're more than happy to answer any questions that you might have, though. Do we have an analysis of as we have done in other, in other areas of how much green space versus concrete and gray areas do we have in this neighborhood? Because my impression is that it's very gray, and I love the offsite open space. Can you pull it up again, please? And I understand that you want to mimic the other open space area, but I don't think that's acceptable. I think we need more green here. Um, I just think there's a whole lot of concrete around this. I mean, just look at this. I, I understand the logic, I just don't agree with it. <laughs> and um, so if we can have, and the community's asking for more green areas, I, I welcome the application. Let's just put that on the side. I'm not saying anything against it. I'm just saying that we can do better here, and I do not support having all this concrete here. It should be green. So okay. if you can please, maybe in the landscape, landscape talk about how we can improve this. Okay, so in response to that, we. Uh, we considered the comment. Uh, the proposed design of the off-site piece there is, uh, one is it augments the interrelation of the, the new restaurant, the other restaurants and stores in the area. Yeah, there. I get that. The, um, and the design of it is very similar to the one that's there already. Which, which I course, disagree with. Which, well, and all of that was built, uh, you know, many years ago now. This is an existing shopping center that's out there. So... The, with respect to grass and benches, which is, I think, what the conversation was there, this is in a shopping center where you're going to get a lot of foot traffic, and you're going to get folks that are going to use that area to sit down and walk and the like, and you're going to have, uh, you need to have something that's not going to be mud. People are going to be walking all through there. It's got to be handicapped accessible Have as you well. seen, I, I understand where you're going, but have you been in D.C. or even around here, and have you seen the green areas, how they have been used? You see people with blankets just eating lunch there. You see people just enjoying the green space. The point is that it's, there's so much gray in this whole shopping center that you don't need to add more. I think it's more important in terms of increasing the quality of people living here to have more green 
than just having another spot where you could just more gray in it. Even though it will be beautiful, I'm sure. I mean, it, I'm sure it will it be. It will be beautiful. It's but but it's, you're missing the point tree. that we need more green spaces here, especially surrounded with so much parking. Um, for the record, Keely Loretti with Soltes. Um, to just add on to um, Tim's comment, the, um, you know, we, we just want to make sure it would be usable through all seasons. And um, again, these are, you know, we're, we're enhancing the circulation. We're adding additional sidewalks. Um, Get that, but and, when and, you and have, we provide three shade trees, which will shade the area. It should. Be I understand there. all that, but what you're not understanding is that you can provide seating places anywhere else. Once you know, once people keep improving the neighborhood, here this big spot, it must be green because it's pretty much the only opportunity we're going to have anytime soon to have a green spot in such a gray neighborhood. That is more important than just putting another table for people to sit in. I want to hear from the staff and see what they're thinking about this, if they have changed their mind. And also my colleagues, because at the end of the day, well, you guys think, <laughs> with me. Want to respond? I think Brian Downey also. I, I could respond as well. Thank you. Um, could you, Angelica, could you, could you put up the, um, the spot of that? Uh, the one that's got the, the landscaping plan. Let's see the one. This one, this one right here, this one right here. Um, I think that a, a couple of things. Um, uh, just to focus on, I think the, as I understand it, the conversation, this comment relates to the the uh, proposed new seating area in the bottom right corner of this plan. Um, okay, a couple of things, and this is not to take issue with what you're saying, but to to add to what you're saying, respond. Uh, what this plan does add in the way of green is all around this building. Yeah. What is currently paved area right now is all becoming on the, uh, a long strip of green on the west side, a long area of green and stormwater on the north side of it, and then some uh, tree pits on one side. So there is, in that respect, a lot of green being added. Uh, the area down in the, the bottom right-hand corner, uh, this comment came up, um, I'd say, fair to say, yesterday. Oh. And, Oh, no, 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 but we heard about it for the first time Lord. yesterday. And so it wasn't anything that we've really thought about. Now, from a practical standpoint, functional standpoint, what we think we have down there works quite well. If we feel there's a need to add a little more green to it, sure, it's not really... There is, I'm telling you, I'm not asking you, I'm telling you, there is a need. There, I mean, just look at that whole picture, Question. Guys. Question. I could sort of turn to staff and say, what would like, what would staff like? <coughs> well, I'd just like to ask if I understand the drawing correctly. Yeah. It looks as though there's hardscape in those two sort of circles that are kind of like a Venn diagram. They're sort yeah. of overlapping circles. But then there's, you know, sort of landscaping or maybe even trees, I'm not really sure, around around it. Is that right? And it looks correct. as yeah, though it's similar right. to mm -hmm. the treatment along the yeah. edge of the drive aisle. Am I correct about that? Yeah. Okay. That's correct. I just want to understand that. Sure. For, the, for the record, Sandra Pereira, I wanted to clarify um, your comment, Commissioner Gonzalez. Um, are you referring to a green area that's usable or a green area that's there for visual interest that's all 
I'm talking about the offsite to the right. I understand you see all that big what, circle. What use do you envision for that space? I want a green space that can be used or just looked at. No, it can be used. Okay. As you see in DC, you see plazas that have all green space. Okay. The people use this idea that it's going to get muddy. So yeah, it rains. So, so just to clarify, I think what I'm hearing is that the focus is that area on the slide on the right, and the circular seating areas end up adding a lot of uh, impervious surface to an area that's sort of lawn. Well, it's I, I'm looking at a picture, I guess you could call it lawn right now. It's just sort of grass right now. And with some parking spaces adjacent to it, and you're extending the green area that's a little tiny triangle of lawn. I think what I hear Commissioner Fani Gonzalez saying is, can you not do the large areas of impervious seating area and perhaps just have a smaller path with a couple of benches, but keep most of it as grass. Is that yeah. accurate? So, and it will be cheaper for you, I'm sure. But the, thing, the point is that more green spaces are needed in this part of the county too, even if you don't think it makes sense, but it does. For them, environmentally speaking, it does, and it's important. Right, I, I have it, can I throw, or you wanna answer that? Or, go ahead, go, go ahead. ahead. If you wanna, okay. go ahead. I was just going to say that um, from our perspective, I think there's flexibility to design that space in a manner that is most suitable and ad adequate for the needs of this community. Um, the thought when we worked with the applicant on this, on this um, layout was to have a balance between hardscape gathering area as well as landscape buffer around it. So um, as you notice, the space is completely surrounded by landscape on all sides to provide that kind of enclosure and uh, buffer from the surrounding parking and circulation. However, if you feel that there's still a need for additional greenery, like lawn for people to walk on, I think there's that opportunity and I think there's that flexibility. We might suggest though, if that's gonna be a highly traffic area with a lot of pedestrians, that we might suggest maybe AstroTurf or something a little bit more resistant that doesn't get so mud muddy uh, with rain and, and heavy weather just as a suggestion. It's still gonna look green, but from a maintenance perspective, it's easier to walk on, or, um, or maybe we just have a little path of hardscape and the rest is. I, I prefer the path, not turf at all. I, I wanna have the grass, so you That's, otherwise you miss the point. So, okay, so you still want to have a path. Yes, but exactly, just, just minimize just minimize, 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 minimize it, minimize it. Let me uh, make a few comments. I, I just think this is a great area, and I think it's missing, personally, missing its potential uh, to be kind of a, a small urban village. Uh, I don't know who the owner of the property is, but, uh, yeah. But I always, I felt it was a great site for a uh, kind of a, a unit of the Montgomery College. Uh, if you look at the north, uh, what, northwest corner, there's a conservation for tree preservation, there's some open areas, there's stormwater management, there's a school there. So in a way, there's a lot of green areas around it. Uh, I don't know whether you could ever come in back in the future to redevelop the whole site with some residential mixed use. We do placemaking. This is not on the scale of Pike and Rose, but I always thought there was a great potential for this site. 
there's going to be a BRT station uh, located on this, so it's great access to White Oak, Silver Spring. It's to the other side of the old 29. But just that generally, that community, I think, could have been, uh, should be in looking at, again, we're looking at an update of the general plan. So this is an area which, uh, obviously, there could be some community objection. But I, I do have one question on the little triangle. Personally, thought it was very attractive. I think if I was wanted to walk over, my first question was, do you, you know, to the south and uh, kind of a little bit to the west? I guess you have some trees proposed for this site, uh, which would give you shelter. My other question is, who is going to police the trash on this little? Uh, is that the restaurant would police this site as well? I know someone polices the whole parking lot, but the individual operations are policed by the operator of the store? Uh, that, uh, that, <coughs> that area would be policed by the uh, shopping center management. As opposed to uh, who polices the site of the restaurant? Uh, the restaurants do. They're well, I, I would just suggestion that that person Pointers. policing that yeah. for mm -hmm. trash can, mm -hmm. you know, food mm -hmm. re remains, walk over to this site sure. and police it. Sure. I don't know what the schedule of the full site is. Sure. But again, uh, if the suggestion is to just put grass there, it's the kind of a savings uh, to what you're proposing. I thought what the bench is sitting there, I think, would be attractive at this point in time. You have the bench. I'm not saying delete the bench. I'm saying we want an active area that has more green space. I'm not saying... I have a suggestion. That's different, which I, I think we had already a great suggestion, greasing the concrete, putting a path, and adding the tables. That's or, it. Or perhaps, uh, you know, benches that sort of face each other across... Uh, yes. You know, maybe a ten-foot um, path through through it. I, It'd be less cost to you all. Yeah. I, I think it's, <clears throat> to be honest, I think it's all fairly straightforward in terms of redoing mm -hmm. the landscape plan, the design. Uh, all right. Well, here's my here's my suggestion, just to cut to the chase. Yeah. Maybe we could write a condition that says that the that this area will be designed designed in such a way as to minimize the hardscape, but still to provide usable seating that will withstand you know, seasonal variations in weather and, and heavy mm -hmm. usage. Mud. mud. Yeah, so you're not going to make a mud pit, but you're going to try to tighten up the hardscape. So it's, With it's a still a final allowed. landscape plan to be approved by staff. Yes, mm -hmm. that's what I was getting at, rather than try to design it from the dais. Honestly, um, you know, <laughs> I, I, I take your point on all this, but as I'm sitting here, I'm thinking I kind of have a lot of sympathy for that woman's letter, which I won't read about what a unfortunate thing it is that Burtonsville is not getting a more ambitious kind of redevelopment on this shopping center, the shopping center across the street, and not to give you a hard time about it, but really it sort of, I'm, as I'm sitting here listening to you, I'm thinking, well, okay, but it sort of feels to me a little bit like rearranging the deck chairs, and, you know, we'll all look forward to the day when the property owners conclude that there's a market for something that's more um, I don't disagree with any of that at all. I'm just speaking to, from what I see right now in front of me. No, I, I'm, I, I understand. And I don't disagree with what you're saying. I'm just, I'm just explaining why I'm having a hard time getting it quite a, as worked up about it. Because it feels to me like, well, you know, it's, uh, it's better than the average fast food restaurant on a pad site in the middle of a big parking lot. But that's not a very high bar, so... And, you know, we are aware that there's a lot of interest in Burtonsville. 
uh, the property owner here owns and controls this property. The property across the street is a different property owner. And, um, you know, we've been thinking about and uh, doing some um, uh, investigation into doing, you know, perhaps some placemaking similar to what we did at Randolph Hills, you know, perhaps even doing a ULI technical advisory panel. We've had some ideas about what might need, be needed to spur bigger moves, which I hear everyone would be interested in seeing. But again, today we have one small incremental change which I think is going to make things a little tiny bit better, but everyone is anxious <coughs> for the big moves, and we understand that. Yeah, I ran into Vince Burke yesterday at an event downtown, and he was very excited to tell me all about how you guys are gonna come in with an application on that property on Wisconsin Avenue in Bethesda, and how it's gonna be fantastic, and, and I, I think that's great, but I'll be so much more excited when I run into Vince Burke or you on the street and you tell me about how you've got a great new plan for something more um, sweeping at, in Birdsville. Yeah. And Glenn And well, that's, that's not that's not their problem. But this one this one is your is your uh, is yours literally and figuratively your problem to solve. Okay. Uh, so with that suggestion, I'll make, about a, I'll make a resolution that. Uh, <clears throat> is recommended by staff, but the staff will take a look at this particular uh, seating area and work with the developer and the attorneys on that. Second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? That's approved. Thank you.
morning, Mr. Chair. Ryan Sigurd with Area 3. Um, the next application on your agenda is entitled Montgomery Auto Sales Park. It's a three-part application. It's preliminary plan uh, 1198-20, or I'm sorry, 5027A, and site plan 820-140-130, and site plan 820-140-140. Staff does recommend approval of all three applications with conditions, and I do want to note that this application was submitted under the previous zoning ordinance prior, in effect, prior to um, uh, October 2014, and it has been reviewed under those standards. <clears throat> um, this particular property is uh, located um, and surrounded, in fact, entirely by Automobile Boulevard. <clears throat> you have Maryland Route 29, you have Briggs Cheney Road, and you see where um, Automobile Boulevard comes into Briggs Cheney Road. Um, to the east is the East County Regional Services Center <clears throat> as well. And then this property is <clears throat> zone C3. It's currently in the new ordinance uh, GR zone, but under the old ordinance it was zone C3. It's Regional Service Center and BRT stop. Regional Service Center, BRT, and then if you recall, I came to the board uh, a while back with a, with a senior housing uh, multifamily facility. Um, which would be located roughly in this spot. Obviously, the GIS doesn't have the building there yet. Um, this property is surrounded entirely by um, other automobile dealerships. This is an aerial of the photo. It's currently uh, platted. The lot 17 and lot 18 exist today. Um, again, you see Route 29. The East County Regional Services Center is just off the aerial here and all the other surrounding car dealerships. As I mentioned, it's currently, or it was zone C3 under the old ordinance, and it's currently a GR zone. It's just over eight acres in size, and the existing use is an automobile dealership on lot 17, and lot 18 has a, um, it's basically a gravel storage lot to, to support the auto dealership that's on that property now. Um, and the, as you can see, the property is surrounded by Automobile Boulevard on all sides. The original preliminary plan that was done in 1985 that's being amended with this application created one lot for 1,800 square feet of industrial uses and 20,000 square feet of retail center space. And that dealership, which is, was built at 21,800, was constructed in 1986. That's what's on the site today. <clears throat> the preliminary plan amendment um, proposes, and this is kind of a multi-step process. So the applicant is 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 proposing a, an amendment to put a future dealership on lot 18 that's not proposed by the site plan currently. So the so one of the site plans is really an interim use. And then a site plan amendment will come in down the road years from now to put a second dealership. But the applicant is setting the, setting the stage, so to speak, with the preliminary plan to approve 155,000 square feet of automobile sales and services on lot 17 and 18. And it establishes an adequate public facilities uh, finding to to put those two dealerships on the site, although this one of the site plans is really just an interim use for an, a, a, a parking lot. This is the preliminary plan that shows the dealership. And I'll go into more detail on the site itself as the with the site plan applications. Then the preliminary plan will create this interim use, um, which is the... Um, the parking inventory storage facility, and then the ultimate build-out, which the preliminary plan is showing can fit onto this site, would be an auto dealership on lot 18. That would require a site plan amendment in the future to actually construct. 
the um, CLV values um, do not exceed, I'm sorry, there's a typo there, um, do not exceed the standards for the Farrell and Coolsville policy area, and Automobile Boulevard does not require any additional right-of-way through the preliminary plan process. The traffic analysis meets the LATR guidelines, and the property is currently served and will be served by public sewer and water. The applicant is requesting an a, uh, ex extension of the APF validity period out to 10 years, which is allowed by the zoning ordinance. Um, it sets benchmarks to construct the entire property in three phases um, that I mentioned with the two, ultimately, the two car dealerships. Um, <clears throat> in the first 60 months, they'll construct the dealership. Um, the dealership also includes a six-story structured parking facility that is basically a storeroom for car inventory. It's not a structured parking facility for customers. Um, so the, the storage facility, parking lot, however you want to call it, on lot 18 is basically the inventory room for the dealership today. And so the, the logistics of moving around inventory from, from a, this parking lot, and then once they build that second dealership, they'll have to have the structure parking to sort of take its place, so to speak. Um, so the, the, the increase in total validity allows the applicant to sort of better, better handle the logistics of keeping the dealership open and handling that inventory as they develop the site. The preliminary plan does conform with the Fairland master plan. The, the public facilities are adequate and complies with all the requirements of the subdivision regulations as well as forest conservation, and it meets all the requirements for the zone. Moving on to the site plan, so this is the, this is for this, for lot 17, this would be the ultimate build out. The, on lot 17, the site plan proposes an 85,000 square foot automobile sales and service facility on 4.78 acres, which is only confined to lot 17. And it includes a six story structured parking facility, and that's shown in the rendering here. <coughs> So if you're looking to tie this to the rendered site plan, this is the structured parking facility. Here's the showroom. Here's the showroom. This site has uh, multiple points of access. You have an access on the, the uh, east side, which is an in-out. You have an in-out on the west side. You have an, uh, an access point here. And then on the back of this property, there's two shared points two shared access points between the two lots that basically um, act as a way to get trucks onto the site to deliver vehicles on and off. So they don't, the trucks don't actually have to go into this area at all. There's just a, just, just a through connection to, to make that happen. This is the same rendering, um, but it, you have the building elevation. One of the sort of unique things with the site is, is it slopes from the north end to the south. And so while you have the showroom here, the maintenance facility takes advantage of the grade and puts it under the building. So these sort of openings here would be the store, the service entrance, and you can see the rest of it at grade sort of comes out sort of like a walkout basement in a, in a house. <clears throat> the green space requirement that's in the, the old zoning ordinance was requirement is 10%. Um, and the applicant is providing a 27% green space on this site. There's a sort of a, an entry point at the front of it um, where there'll be a podium for cars. Um, it also meets the requirement for a 10-foot buffer along the edge of the property that's also in the old zoning ordinance. 
Moving on to the site plan application on lot 18, um, and this is the interim use, um, which proposes the parking storage facility. There is no building, and this is um, being created to completely, or to serve the, the car dealership, and is the future site for another dealership at a later date. This site also has an access point here and here, and also shares the two access points that I had mentioned previously. Um, my, uh, as far as I understand it, this site is not actually a parking area and isn't publicly accessible. This is entirely the storage of inventory for the dealership. <clears throat> Just like the previous site plan, this one exceeds the 10% green area requirement in the previous zoning ordinance with 22%, and it also meets the 10-foot buffer requirement on the edge of the property. The site plan, both site plan applications meet all the required findings for approval of a site plan uh, in the previous zoning ordinance uh, in effect at the time this application was submitted. And with that, um, staff recommends approval of all the preliminary plan amendment and the two site plans um, with the conditions enumerated in the staff report. Um, with that, I'd be happy to answer any questions. I did the graphic, I didn't have a graphic through the presentation that shows sort of the complete site in terms of a rendering, so that graphic is, shows you how it all sort of fits together. Any issues on stormwater management? Uh, there's ponds between the, this general area and the ICC. I'm unaware of any in the Department there's of Permanent no Services. There's no technically change in the imperviousness. No, the impervious levels are very similar to what's on the site today, and the Department of Permanent Services did issue an approval letter for a concept. I did have a couple of questions, and it has to do with, I'm glad to see the entrance and um, egress between lot 17 and 18 currently. Anyone who uses any of those dealerships literally makes the perimeter. My question really has to do with, and looking at this, I know it's for illustrative purposes only, but um, are there any plans to put any type of signalization or some type of lighting so that individuals who are traveling on Automobile Boulevard, and, and I'll use an example, if you were to enter Automobile Boulevard and you were heading toward what used to be called Herb Garden, um, the Volvo dealership, and you're in the, the left lane, a, a truck that is about to execute a left turn along this new road, driver may not see them until it's too late. So what are you proposing so that they do see the truck not at the last minute? Do you, do you understand what I'm getting at? We need to exit our, exactly. Uh, exactly. 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 Um, it is a narrow entrance. Mm -hmm. uh, an exit oh, I'm sorry. Nancy Regla, uh, counsel for the uh, applicant. Um, it is a very narrow exit. It is only uh, one direction, in and out. So. Um, the truck is going to have to wait uh, before it can uh, turn out onto Automobile Boulevard. We haven't gone any further to do any additional flashing lights or anything at this point. Okay. Um, yeah, we do. As you move forward, just think about it. And the same would be at the other end if you were leaving again, Herb Gordon, and making the loop back up Automobile Boulevard. We see it today. Vehicles coming around, they think they're good, and they, as they come around, there's a truck unloading or a truck that's about to um, make a turn and pull in. 
my other question is more out of curiosity. Lot 18 currently and part of Lot 17 currently is being used by um, a car rental company. I won't mention the name, but I, I, you all know who who's there. Are they going away, or are you as the plan to move them to the perimeter or off-site? Cars representative, Mr. Steve Hoffman, uh, has indicated that it won't be the outside rental company. It will be integrated in the, their own rental and loan uh, program will be integrated into the Lexus okay. dealership. Okay. And that third party is used by the other dealerships as an option. So that's completely going away. And I know also people in the community sometimes use that car rental. Yeah, there... You, you can actually answer the question that there's no. Hi, good morning. Good morning. Uh, my name is Steve Hoffman, and I represent and am employed by the Dark Cars Automotive Group. At this point, where we are in timing on the project, uh, we have not had any discussions with that rental car company as to where they may fit at this project. Um, originally, they were housed in the auto park uh, off of Cherry Hill Road, where we currently reside. Uh, building a Lexus store here at this site, uh, we are going to handle our own customers internally, um, whether or not we can find a place for that rental car company at this site is yet undetermined. The other thing you also mentioned is, is most of the automobile dealerships have the trucks loading and unloading on Automobile Boulevard. We are providing enough space on the lot uh, between 17 and 18 that we're going to alleviate that by allowing the trucks to come off of Automobile Boulevard, load and unload on our property to alleviate any kind of problems that drivers would have maneuvering around <clears throat> or having line of sight around any of the car carriers. I think it's great to take the the unloading and um, off. I'm sorry, the loading and unloading off of Automobile Boulevard. I'm still concerned about the third party. That doesn't impact your application, but that that car rental company is used by the community. There are people who walk over and use it, so we just want to keep that in mind. If if they're removed, that we let people know that they're going away. We'll take those comments into okay, consideration as they move forward with their their business plan for the location. Uh, just out of curiosity, uh, do you and the other dealers offer courtesy shuttle service? And the reason I say that, uh, I guess it takes a while, but in 2020 we have this BRT stop where we'll have express buses that take people to Silver Spring and the Metro. So I don't know, do you offer that type of service or shuttle people? or We do offer a shuttle service. And it tends to take people where? Or... I, I, no, no. Generally, it's within five miles. Okay, yeah. I don't know specifically sure, what our okay. policy is in Silver Spring. However, for our Lexus store, yeah, we offer free loaner cars okay. when their All vehicle right. is All in right. for service. Yeah, and so we maintain a, a large fleet, fleet of, right. of Lexus vehicles. All right. Good. All right. Yeah, and then I just uh, just want to let you know the county is making a big effort on the BRT. It's there. It's, I guess, 2020, but people might...
the they could some could walk on the outer edges, but maybe getting some people there they might look great that you provide a vehicle. But uh, anyway, just to let you know that it's coming to the area. Question: um, Do you have a and figure? What was it? Do you have a picture of a, of the building with the green? Is that like a plants on the wall for the garage? Is that what it is? There is a, there is yeah, a, that one. Sorry, I didn't have a mic on. There is a green roof um, proposed to be put in a portion of this building. Um, but all that green on the side of the wall. Green screen on the. Oh, I'm sorry. Real plants. You know what? I, I gotta say. I, I've been spending a lot of time in Florida <laughs> for the f past few weeks for work, and I see the garages, and they're beautiful with the green screens, but the weather is very, very different from here. So when I see them here, and you can tell that, I mean, to maintain them, it just doesn't look attractive during the wintertime. <laughs> so what, what's the thought about this? How do you expect to keep this up, you know, to make sure that it's actually – because it looks great right now, but I don't know if it's going to look great in February or, you know, March. Then the, the purpose is gone. And, and, and I'm a tree hugger, you know, and I, I embrace it. And I'm just saying that here in this area, because of the weather, it just makes no sense to me. You too? Identify yourself. Hello, I'm uh, Andy Schieffer. I'm the architect. Um, I won't be able to speak to the type of plant material, I'll defer to the landscape architect, but the premise for this was we realized it wasn't initially recommended by staff, but um, the Lexus corporate image and what they are pushing to their dealers is to present a green image, a more green environment. So this was a design feature meant to um, um, identify Lexus in a positive direction. But do Weather is like this. Um, I mean, because it's just. I'll let. I'm going to defer to to the landscape architect. I know it is a common feature. Maintenance on anything is always an issue. Getting the proper plant materials is definitely um, required. Uh, we would hope that it would be presented and maintained. Keely, do you want to uh, extend sure. that? Um, uh, Keely, the ready with Soltes. Um, we've actually proposed green screen several times within Montgomery County, and as far as I know, I haven't heard of any uh, maintenance complaints. Um, that, it, that, that it works. I mean, sometimes people see it and they don't right. complain. I, I, I'm, um, the, the, the image there was to kind of frame the um, cars as well and also provide a green uh, image for the um, more traveled side of, um, of Automobile Boulevard. Uh, I, I know Lexus is um, will keep things impeccably uh, maintained, so we will we will we will take your consideration. And I, um, I looked at a bunch planting. of these when we were looking at that uh, Orsman Honda issue of the Crescent Crescent Trail in Bethesda, and um, I think the typical problem is not is that um, when you have it like on a public garage, sometimes the maintenance is not great, and so you get it, it starts looking a little bit overgrown or kind of ragged around the edges but i think when you have it like one property owner their incentive is going to be especially if you're like they're talking about lexus you're going to want to keep it cleaned up um and i did not uh i mean what you're saying about you know in the winter i'm not a plant biologist but i think that there are some uh 
types of vegetation that are not going to look brown and sort of. I, I want to make sure that you take note on that. And, and whenever this is approved, that you're going to know which plan and you're going to have basis on research <clears throat> to know that this is the right plan. I know Lexus, but I'm not, I don't work for Lexus. So I'm not going to depend on Lexus. I'm looking at this right now. Are there any Lexus dealerships in climates that are northern of here where they've actually used a green screening? I think that would be helpful. To, to, to check as far into. As we know, no, this is uh, Lexus's new brand, and this is one of the first ones on the East Coast that they're using this entire new branding on. So um, this will be the first. Yeah. I did want to mention that the, there's two, the renderings are actually two different uh, renderings. So the one that's on the screen now um, kind of shows, better shows off the building. The one at the introduction. This doesn't answer the green screening question, but the one at the introduction adds the trees into the mix from the landscaping plan that doesn't show off the building as well, obviously, but provides a more realistic um, look at what you, what the street view would be. So I just wanted to make it clear that the two renderings were actually different, um, and that one is the more realistic one. So is the concern that if the green screen doesn't work, there should be some other kind of screening? Yes, yes. So why don't we um, add a condition that says we'll investigate the green screen a little more during certified, they have to do certified site plan, and if we feel, because it is west-facing, which isn't a great um, orientation for this type of green screen, but we let, let us investigate it with the plant types and so forth. And if staff feels the green screen has a low chance of working, that we can talk to the applicant about some other kind of decorative screening that might happen on the building. Yeah, would the, would the board, in lieu of the green screen, would the board some sort of a metal architectural embellishment? Is that I what I think what I hear from you, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that they want to have this environmental presence and make it and I'm all about it. So I think it also comes from you that you guys are going to present other options if this one doesn't work, and you will agree, right? Correct. I think uh, what Ms. Wright says as a condition is probably accurate. We could do a little bit more work between now and certified site plan and come back with an alternate if we are not comfortable giving your comments on the, whether the green screen can be maintained. Our, our parks people might have some assessment of what works and not works. If we're getting into this as an environmental issue on our buildings, I think we could maybe check with some of our park people as well. Okay. What but we work. would be happy with that condition. Yeah. Anything else? I'll make a motion to approve uh, as recommended by staff with a uh, future evaluation of what the green screen might be. Is that three? Three motions, one at a time? Okay. Okay, on, a motion, on A, the preliminary plan, motion to approve uh, with evaluation, future evaluation of the screen. A second. Anything else? I think that condition goes to the site plan, not the... Okay, all right. Yeah, it would, it would be the site plan ending in 130. On C, number C. Plan. All right, yeah. well then, <clears throat> but uh, A is as recommended, preliminary plan is recommended by staff. 
All in favor? Aye. 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 Opposed? That's approved. Okay. And then a motion to approve a site plan uh, for the B, lot 17, as recommended by staff. Second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? Then, That's approved. Okay. And then C is the uh, site plan, uh, lot 18, and then uh, the consideration of the screening uh, by staff and the and the developer. Thank you. Sorry to, that it was on the it, previous one. Yeah, we need, I think, I think if we you want to put that condition on, it needs to be reversed on the <clears throat> on the 130 site plan. Okay. All right, I, I'll modify the B then to put okay. that condition on there. I think we're good. We're, we're good. We know right. what's going on. All right. Did you vote on the last one? I'm sorry. Got to yes. vote on the last okay. one. Uh, vote yes. Um, all in favor? I second. All, all in favor? Aye. Aye. Okay. That's approved. All right. Thank you all.
Okay, good morning, members of the planning board. For the record, my name is Emily Tettelbaum with the Area 2 Planning Division, and I am here to present the Strathmore Square sketch plan number 3-2019-0010. So this plan is centered around the Grosvenor Strathmore Metro Station, um, which is located on your screen right here. And I've outlined here this property that I've just been calling the Wamata property. Um, and there's a little piece of it north of Tuckerman Lane here. Um, the vicinity is surrounded by low rise and high rise apartments and condos along here, here, and then along back here. Um, Rock Creek Park is just south of, uh, southeast of the site. The Academy of the Holy Cross School, the Strathmore Music Center is just north of the site across Tuckerman Lane, and then more condos across the street. And these are pictures of uh, two of the nearby condo buildings. So this total tract area is 14.72 acres, and it consists of two parcels. Um, Parcel 428 here, which is where most of the development is going to go, and then a small area of parcel C right here. Um, and there's two different zones. They're both zone CR uh, with different densities. And the parcel 428 is currently improved with uh, a Wamata parking garage right here, a surface parking lot here, a kiss and ride along here. Um, there's a forested area along here and a stormwater management pond. And obviously the, the metro station and the tracks are here in parcel C. So the proposal is for 1,905,219 total square feet of development on this property. And um, once the property is subdivided, uh, the red outline here shows the limits of the property. Um, that's subject to this sketch plan. So most of the density will be residential with up to 2,008 dwelling units. Um, and the applicant is proposing 15% of the units as MPDUs. And then uh, they're also proposing up to 317,537 square feet of commercial uses, um, in particular a hotel or an office that may or may not have residential included in this building right here, building six. Um, the rest would be primarily residential here with some ground floor retail along a 1.2 acre park that would be located here. So there would be retail along here and here and the remainder of the buildings would be residential, uh, potentially with some community space, classrooms, uh, possibly uh, associated with the Strathmore Music Hall. So this is a massing and height diagram of the proposal. So um, there are two proposed signature buildings. Building five here would be up to 300 feet tall. And then either building six here, which would be the hotel or commercial residential building, um, or four, so uh, they would like the option to, based on market conditions, to have flexibility for the heights 
um, of one of these two buildings, it, it is consistent with the master plan recommendation. Um, then the buildings step down here as the, <clears throat> as the property approaches Tuckerman Lane. And um, these buildings in particular were of particular concern during the master plan process. And so we've made sure that these are consistent with the height diagram in the master plan, which is shown right here. Um, so this is all part of a transition zone. So the building right here across from the, uh, I think these are the Strathmore condos right here. I might have the name wrong, which are uh, about four stories. Directly across the street from those will be four-story uh, buildings right here that will likely have ground floor entrances to maintain the kind of scale of the development. And then the building will step back up to 100 feet. Um, along a private street, which we'll look more closely at in a second. Um, so we've conditioned that the um, heights of these buildings be consistent with the master plan, because we think that's uh, very important for maintaining compatibility. And then uh, these buildings also transition down from the 300 feet to lower heights along Tuckerman. There's also a 60-foot transition zone here before the building heights increase uh, in close proximity to these condos across the street. So this uh, shows you a little more about the proposed open spaces. So as I mentioned, the key open space is here, the 1.2 acre Central Park. And this shows some of the concept images for what that might look like. Um, with plantings, lawn, activated commercial spaces, uh, then this diagram shows the arts walk that already exists along here, but the applicant is proposing to enhance it. Um, so that's, these are the existing uh, art features there. And then there is a passive recreation area and dog park proposed along here, which will incorporate stormwater management features. And uh, we do want to make sure that the stormwater isn't taking over that whole space, but uh, we, we're We've already talked to the applicant about that. And then there's also a stairway proposed to connect Tuckerman with this private street at one of two locations. So there's possibly one here or here. And the plan is for those to be planted up and interesting, interesting paving, um, bold patterns. So that will um, also serve as a, one of their open spaces. So these show the proposed circulation pattern. So on the left here, we have the vehicular circulation. So most of the buildings will have access from Tuckerman Lane along here. Um, buildings four will have access from this private road, which is along here. And um, uh, building five will also have access from the private street. So this, this private street here will connect Tuckerman Lane via the entrance to the Walmata Garage that will be opened up here, and then it'll connect with the exit that will be used also by the buses and park and ride vehicles. So the bus loop is remaining basically unchanged here. The kiss and ride is changing its configuration, and it will use this as the exit. Um, to connect with the private road here. Um, 
And then on the left here, you see the pedestrian in blue and the bicycle in pink circulation. So there's a bike path proposed along Tuckerman here and then uh, pedestrian circulation throughout the project. Uh, that will improve connections, especially between the surrounding apartment and condo buildings and the metro station. So I mentioned the private road, which is right here, that serves as a key kind of central feature of this project. Um, it's planned as a curbless private shared road um, uh, to accommodate mostly pedestrians, but also vehicles, bicycles, um, basically all modes of travel. And here are some precedent images to show you what that could possibly look like. Um, so I think that will, the private road and the park will create a much nicer pedestrian environment for people walking to the metro from any of the proposed buildings and any of the existing buildings. Here's a conceptual phasing plan. Um, so the project will likely um, get started along Tuckerman Lane, one of these, one of these phases. Um, the applicant has asked for an extended validity period for the sketch plan. It's usually valid for three years, but they've asked for a seven-year validity. And given the complexity and scale of this project, we think that that's, a, that's justified to give them a longer validity period for the sketch plan. Um, considering the uh, length of time it, it will uh, take to get this project up and ready. So the first phase before they get started with any building will be to, to expand the existing WMATA garage that's consistent with the mandatory referral that I think you all reviewed last month or the month before. So that's actually the first stage before any other building happens. There's also a bike share station I don't think I mentioned proposed potentially right here on the close to the metro station or here in the central green. And we'll work with the applicant uh, during further reviews to figure out where the best spot is for that. So the major pub or the public benefits proposed as part of this project are in the following categories: um, major public facility, transit proximity, connectivity and mobility, diversity of uses and activities, quality of building and site design, and protection enhancement of the natural environment. And you all have more information about that in your staff reports. Um, we have received quite a bit of correspondence. We received an email with concerns about the proposed hotel based on discussions during the master plan. Um, but at this stage, the proposals, all the proposed commercial and residential uses are entirely consistent with the zone, the CR zone, and the master plan. We also received an email concerned about school overcrowding in the WJ cluster. That's something we'll look closely at during the preliminary plan, which will probably be the next stage of um, this development process. There were over 20 letters of support included with the report, and uh, since the report is posted, we have also received a number of additional letters, um, including letters from Metro and from Friends of White Flint. And with that, staff recommends approval of the sketch plan um, 
because it's consistent with all the requirements and standards of the zoning code and substantially conforms with the Grosvenor Strathmore Metro Area Minor Master Plan. That is a mouthful. Um, and I'm happy to answer any questions you have. Uh, maybe we could hold those until we hear from these folks and there's a bunch of speakers. Uh, Mr. Robbins, do you want to say anything before we hear from the other people who are signed up? Or Mr. Alton? Thank you. Uh, thank you. Um, well, thank you very much, um, Chairman and members of the board. Um, Andy Altman from Five Squares Development. Uh, we're the uh, developer uh, of this site. Um, and uh, we're very excited to be here today uh, before you. We have very, we'll be very brief because the report was very um, thorough, and uh, so I don't want to um, repeat a lot of that, so we'll just hit on a few highlights. Um, but I'm here at the table today with Matt Bell from Perkins Eastman Architects, who's been the master planner on this from the start, um, Steve Robbins, who you know, who's our uh, council representing us, and Silky Knuppel who, from VICA, who actually does all the work, um, and uh, is a civil engineer and a tremendous land planner, and really, really does do. Um, We've done a little bit of the work. We've done a little bit. Um, so we're, I, I would just make a couple of points that um, I think big picture from when we started is we, um, as you know, believe this can be uh, a tremendous transit-oriented development community. When we came before you, testified at the minor master plan. Oh, oh. I'm trying to get your picture up there. Ah, okay, yeah, yeah we'll go the same. Thank you. So we, did you hear Great. Um, you know, we came before you from the minor master plan amendment uh, when you were hearing that and talked about our passion for uh, building a transit-oriented development community here. We have a, in the uh, staff report, uh, there is a very long run-on sentence that we gave them, which is our fault of talking about a mouthful, but our vision to try to capture all of this was an exemplary, transit-oriented, walkable, and dynamic community that will be well-integrated, well-connected through streets, blocks, open spaces to surrounding neighborhoods, integrating the arts, residences, affordable housing, beautiful open spaces, vibrant places with neighborhood amenities. Tries to capture a lot, but the idea of this is not only do we believe that we are, you know, leveraging this opportunity, one of the last metro stations on the Red Line and in Montgomery County, you know, to create smart growth and sustainable development, putting density and, and needed housing where it should be located, that can protect outer areas and put it on transit, uh, really leveraging that infrastructure, but really creating community here, that it is more than just residences. It's about inclusion. Uh, we, the um, had a lot of discussion we hear from the minor master plan about the MPDUs, and we've committed to the 15% MPDUs. The, the board took the lead on that with the council uh, when we came forward. Um, so we're very excited about how that creates um, a very uh, inclusive community. The open spaces uh, are very important um, at the center of this community, the connectivity of the surrounding neighborhoods, so that this site doesn't feel like an island unto itself. And I'll point this out in a moment, as will Matt. Um, and really our connection with the arts. Uh, as I said early on when we met with, um, with Gwen and all the team, they said, what can make this special? And you'll hear from Strathmore today, but the partnership with Strathmore, this is the front door of the Strathmore Music Center. So the arts, open space, inclusion, a real transit-oriented development community. Um, something that's been very uh, important throughout um, has been, this, we've moved through this process 
Um, as you can see, we started in 2013 when WMATA selected us, so it's been a long road. Um, and we've been step-by-step uh, step moving this through from what initially was a site that only could have 500-some units to today, uh, what was approved by the minor master plan, and what today is consistent with that minor master plan, what could be 2,000 units um, to create a real transoriented development community. So we've been at this diligently now for almost five years, um, moving step-by-step step to uh, create this opportunity. And importantly, one thing I just I do want to point out, which has been community outreach all along, um, number of people today um, we have from the beginning thought this is critical to the shaping of this community whether people were for or against have concerns um, as you know for the sketch plan there was one required public hearing but meeting that we held uh, which we did on July 10th a community meeting but that was just one of many that we did we decided to organize community walks we had a number of just going out on Saturday mornings uh, here's some photos of the walks we did with five, 10, 20, 30 neighbors to, so that we could just walk and hear their concerns. We walked Tuckerman. We, talk, we went to the middle of the parking lot and said, we want to transform this parking lot into a community. What could this open space look like? And just to get ideas about what would make this meaningful to the community. Uh, we did social media, uh, contacting people. We met in living rooms at homeowner associations. So we really did not just want to do the minimum. And the reason <clears throat> We believe that's so important to shaping what this community can be, um, not just for the surrounding neighbors, which is important, but trying to reach as broadly as we can with other groups, whether that's affordable housing groups. I've gone to church meetings, um, the affordable housing coalition, Sierra Club, Coalition for Smart Growth, business groups, trying to get as many people as we can engaged in the building of um, a new neighborhood um, in Montgomery County. And you know, out of that, just as you know, um, this idea of the pop-ups that we did, which we talked about uh, before we testified, came out of that process. So people had ideas, um, said, we'd love to see, not wait for community benefits to come from a master plan, which might be years away. What can happen now? So, you know, chopped up a metro car that was being decommissioned that WMATA said, sure, if you want a metro car and you're crazy enough to take it, go for it. Um, and worked with Strathmore to bring music, but to try to bring some of these ideas to life now. And one of the things which we're not talking a lot about now, but is in the recommendations from the report, is we want to start interim placemaking early. Um, the Randolph Hills example, I went out there personally. I thought that was tremendous, what, what Park and Planning did and the partnership you did with Better Block. That's amazing. It was about building community, using some even you know, smaller physical things to to build around the diversity of that community to show results. That's the kind of thing the pop-ups was, and when we, I'll talk a little bit more later, but that's the kind of thing we're not just waiting for the master plan, you know, to be built out, but how we can do interim placemaking and bring benefits of master planning. Big picture, just to step back, what makes this site really unique and what we're trying to bring to it is it really is the green station. I say that because when you look at the stops along uh, the red line in Montgomery County and you have Bethesda, um, you know, a CBD area, um, uh, you know, uh, NIH, the next stop, and then us. Um, we're surrounded by almost a green belt. I mean, so that we really make something very distinctive, that what we can build in community here that will connect to the trail system, to Rock Creek Park, um, it, it's really, um, really quite extraordinary. And you combine that with Strathmore um, and the feel of this place, that's something we want to build on. Uh, so people who live here, like Silky does, um, get get on their bike and can have a very sustainable lifestyle, can get on Metro, can, you know, enjoy the, what is very, very unique. You know, not only Rock Creek Park, but um, 
you know, the forest conservation areas. Um, this is really very, very unique kind of site that we want to take advantage of and bring that into the heart of our site. And that's what this sketch plan minor, which is really consistent with the minor master plan. There's in some sense not a lot new here. It's the next step of how we're implementing this consistent with the minor master plan, which is why it may look like very similar, because it is. Um, and many of the recommendations in parking planning has been incredibly constructive and very, very focused on the quality of design and the environment we're creating. So the detail about the park and the open space, the 1.2 plus acres of that central green, park and planning reoriented that completely, as you can see, which was in the minor master plan, and this is consistent, um, to show how that space will be welcoming from when you come off the metro into the site, opens up to an, a great, really generous <coughs> open space that is the focal point for community. And in these community walks, by the way, people have said, we want to see activities there. We want to be able to do classes there. Maybe there's gym equipment there. And Strathmore, we can have performance places there. It could be a dynamic center of the community, not just a passive park, but really a focal point for what this community is all about. Um, so uh, the design of the streets and the blocks to create that connectivity, the main spine road coming through that takes you from existing Meridian and Avalon communities right into the site, the stairs that create connectivity to, the, to all of the residential, that's the other side of Tuckerman. So themes of connectivity, open space, ground floor uses that we're looking at where we hope to have Strathmore uh, cultural uses as well as neighborhood amenities fronting that park and getting some really, uh, that our first building would have a Strathmore uh, center feature in it, which we're working hard on. So really that this is a vibrant and dynamic um, community. And so what the sketch plan does is really the blocks are all organized, the streets and blocks, to give centrality to that open space, to create porosity to the surrounding neighborhood, um, and to create um, transition, as was pointed out, uh, Emily, um, to the residential uh, neighborhood on the other side of Tuckerman with heights that descend uh, toward uh, Tuckerman. Of course, we'll talk about our streets and bike lanes and this is meant to be a walkable, pedestrian-oriented uh, environment. So with that, I will turn it over to Matt. I've probably taken 50% of his, his presentation, but that's okay. Um, Actually more, but that's disease. okay. But um, Matt's uh, been <laughs> Just doing a couple of points. Um, really, the plan is quite simple. It's straightforward. We're using the spine road as a connection to the existing metro road, so that becomes really the place-making opportunity along with the park. Uh, we worked hard with park and planning to really organize the plan so that the buildings do the most important thing they have to do, really, which is shape the public space, shape the park, shape the streets, provide a great public environment. We're minimizing the visual impact of the garage, um, certainly with the additions, which will, will look better, but also because the buildings are screening it. So when you come out of the metro, you will see new development and the park space, which we think was a great suggestion by staff. Um, this plan, this thing you're looking at now is oriented. We've turned the plan 90 degrees so that you can see how it's oriented with the isometric. Uh, Emily talked a little bit about the stepping of the heights. Um, we think that this is really, we've studied this both in terms of um, development types, in terms of shadows, and it works very well here to uh, really provide for um, um, uh, both variety in the skyline but also for um, shaping the open space. Um, so we think that this really is, is really a kind of very simple, straightforward approach, and it provides for a quality open space at the metro station that doesn't previously exist. 
We always do a places diagram to just talk about the places we're making because it's important whether you're designing a building or whether you're designing a room or whether you're designing a city to make sure you understand how these buildings shape place and give variety to the experience. So here we've sort of shown, Emily mentioned the stairs, the different gateways, the different connections to Strathmore, the Arts Walk, um, how all these things would go together to really make a place out of a, um, a location right now that you know minimally lacks character and lacks any sense of place that you would want to linger. So ultimately it will become a very important place. The Spine Road itself, um, very important there. Um, Emily mentioned it in just two words about it. We think it's a unique opportunity to bring a shared street to this location. Spine Road's not going to have a huge amount of traffic on it, so it's a real opportunity to do special paving, to do something that's distinctive that works with the park where pedestrians and, and vehicles and bikes and, and um, um, other moving creatures uh, can share that space so that it becomes something that is distinctive for that area and becomes really kind of an extension of the park space. So, so I'll just um, wrap up with a couple things. One, this is a rendering you've seen, but it is meant to capture um, what we at least like to create, um, which is that as you're coming off of the metro, coming into Strathmore Square, um, and you can see the open space, the civic green in the background, framed by uh, residential buildings, but that there will be interesting ground floor uses. The idea of Strathmore Music Center being that this is can be a front door for them, and I'll let them speak to this, but this is what I think can make this very distinctive and a unique environment. We do want to have neighborhood retail. We don't think it's a, neighbor, a retail center. You do a Pike and Rose up the street. You have other places that can handle that in terms of parking and traffic patterns, but neighborhood-oriented retail we very much would like to see and work on. It's a small grocery, and we're, we're pursuing opportunities for that now. But the idea of coming out into a square instead of coming out into what is now a surface parking lot um, and converting that to be a center of community. Um, the partnership I talked about, but this is key, um, and we're working on, for our, on our right now as we look forward to the preliminary plan and site plan and a first building, how to bring Strathmore right into the center of this as well into interim placemaking. So next steps. Um, we're trying to um, move forward as um, quickly as one can in a large master plan. As you know, we were before you a few months ago with WMATA for the garage. That is the first step. We are excited that we um, have gone through mandatory referral um, and uh, working on many of your comments that garage construction can start in early 2019. This is very expedited, as you know, working on these projects um, with, uh, with WMATA or any entity that takes, I mean, it's not a comment on WMATA, it's just a comment on how hard it is to, to do these things, um, projects, but organizing the funding and approvals. Um, and actually in January, February, we'll be um, on site getting organized starting in uh, March. Construction, that'll be in nine to 12 months, but that really unlocks the site. Um, and we wanted to show momentum, as you know, often, that can wait a long time. You can get all the planning approvals. We did not do this sequentially. In other words, wait till we had all the approvals, then the garage, and that we'd be years away. And to WMATA's credit, and I, they're not here, so I say this um, uh, without sitting behind here, just thinking I'm doing that gratuitously, is um, they were completely behind this. I mean, we said, let's accelerate this so that we are on a parallel path, which is as we're going through approvals, um, that we're moving forward with the garage so that it lines up so hopefully by the time all goes well, we have a preliminary plan, it's the next step approval, um, the garage will be completed 
and we're then able to move into a first building, um, hopefully, you know, in 2020 to start that. So it may seem far away, but in the scheme of master plans, not that far away. Um, I once had a planning professor, by the way, who told me, and this is when I wasn't sure if I did the right field, who said to plan is human and to implement is divine. So anyway, so we're kind of moving step by step toward a little bit of that. Um, and uh, he was a planning law professor, Steve, just so you know. Uh, so, that's, so just so you know, we're not, this isn't just a planning exercise for us. This is, this is we are moving to implement as quickly as we can with WMATA um, after uh, uh, Sketch plan. We we hope to move forward with. We will be moving forward with preliminary plans um, in um, beginning of the year, uh, and um, and we are working on an interim placemaking plan, um, which is uh, very important. Both hopefully during garage construction. What can we do during that 12-month period um, out there as the site is being deactivated, and then once that garage is completed, what can we open up with that? So the site doesn't just feel empty, but can start to do some programming activities there. We've brought on a group, for those of you who toured in Philadelphia, Groundswell, did a lot of work in interim placemaking in Philadelphia on the waterfront. Um, and we've been looking at the Better Block program to try to get ideas of what we can do. So when that opens, it, this really feels like the start of Strathmore Square. Uh, and with that, I'll stop and thank you for, um, for uh, all of your... Uh, support and the tremendous relationship we've had uh, working through to make this better. I think we want to uh, get all the folks who've come to speak uh, up as many as possible at once. I think we got a room for probably six or seven at a time, so we'll try that. Uh, I will apologize in advance, as is my custom, for butchering the pronunciation of names. Uh, the list I have in order is Amelia Siriani, Megan Sexton, Lee Gotchman, Suzanne Fine, Christian Funicelli, and Monica Jeffries Hazangelis. Okay, it looks like we got most of that group. Amelia Siriani. Good morning, planning board members. My name is Amelia Siriani, and I'm a millennial who lives and works in Bethesda. I'm here this morning to express my support for Strathmore Square at the Metro Station. I learned about Five Square's plan from a friend, and I thought to myself how great it would be to live at Strathmore Square. I currently live in my family home and would like to move into a residential community right on the top of the metro because I use it daily. Strathmore Square would be um, make it super accessible and a perfect place to live. I really like the focus on the arts, and I love the idea of coming home from work and stopping to hear musicians play on a nice summer evening. I'm also fitness-minded and would love to live in a runnable and walkable community. Five Square's plans include enhancing and improving the connectivity around the station and by adding new pedestrian connections, which will link to nearby trails and parks. Uh, people think that people my generation all want to live in D.C., but that's not always true, and it's not true for me. Um, I like the mix of a quiet, convenient, and safe neighborhood-like area. Strathmore Square is exactly the community I'm looking for, and I hope 
to, um, I hope you allow them to move forward with their plans. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Megan Sexton. Good morning, Chair Anderson and Planning Board members. My name is Megan Sexton, and I am a resident of Kensington, Maryland. I'm speaking today in favor of the plans for Strathmore Squares as you prepare to vote on the project's sketch plan application. Strathmore Squares was a project that came to my attention about two years ago. I was immediately impressed by the vision and believe that this is a wonderful plan being executed by a very capable team. As a local resident who is in the market to move, uh, my number one consideration is proximity to Metro. So I am thrilled that this space will be renovated in this way. The project blends the convenience of public transit and the feel of a close-knit community, and it is exactly the type of place in which I would want to live. The plans for Strathmore Squares are terrific and incorporate green spaces with convenient shopping options. It will provide a vibrant gathering place which features artists, retailers, and performers at this valuable public transit site. And because it is near transit, I believe that the higher density is warranted here. There are a few places like this where we can build close to Metro and by doing so, create a sustainable community where the residents can work, live, and play. Thank you for your consideration of my comments. I urge you to approve the five square sketch plan application so their thoughtful plans can be allowed to move forward. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, Lee Gotchman. Good morning, planning board members. My name is Lee Gotchman, and I currently live in a shared space in downtown Bethesda. I'm speaking this morning in favor of Five Squares Development's plan for the Grosvenor Strathmore Metro. <clears throat> I think this project will be extremely beneficial for millennials, future generations, and the county as a whole. I'm very concerned about people my age finding desirable and affordable living space in the county. Many of the younger people that I speak with uh, feel that the system's rigged against them because there's a lack of housing in the county that meets their needs. This is why it's essential to create a community like Strathmore Square near public transportation. It's the only way to give millennials like myself an opportunity to live near transit and enjoy community amenities such as retail, the arts, and public open spaces. The proposed development creates desirable, vibrant, and a multi-age community living. Five Squares has been proactive in designing Strathmore Square around these ideas from the start and not just as an afterthought. More importantly, Five Squares is working with Strathmore to incorporate the arts in the community by creating spaces for artists and musicians to showcase their talent. With everything going on in the world, the arts focus of Strathmore Square will make it a welcoming and calming oasis, somewhere to go and get away from the hustle and bustle of life. All in all, millennials need everything that Five Square is proposing. This is the future, and a development like Strathmore Square will push the county in the right direction. Thank you for your time. I hope you support Five Square's proposed plans for the Grosvenor Strathmore Metro. Thank you. Uh, Suzanne Fine. Good morning, planning board members. My name is Suzanne Fine, and I live right next door to the Grosvenor Strathmore Metro Station at 5230 Tuckerman Lane at the Meridian. I'm here this morning to express my support and excitement for Strathmore Square. I recently attended a happy hour by Five Squares Development where I learned more about Strathmore Square. After hearing about their plans, I'm really looking forward to the amenities and gathering open spaces. The Grosvenor Strathmore Metro is in desperate need of a sense of community. 
The proposed plans do a great job of addressing these issues by integrating new and innovative ideas that will complement the surrounding neighborhoods. The best aspect of the project is how Five Squares Development plans to incorporate small lit up retail shelves in the community. I would love to grab a cup of coffee and head to the civic green space where I can spend my day browsing the internet and enjoying the outdoors. This concept is exactly what we need for this area and I'm very excited to see what the development will bring to the station. Lastly, I love the music and art space use. We're right next door to Strathmore, and I think it's a great idea to integrate this artistic environment to Strathmore Square. This project is a win for the community, and I hope you support Five Scores plans for the Grosvenor Strathmore Metro Station. Thank you. Thank you. Christian Funicelli? Good morning, Chair Anderson and, and members of the... Hello, there we go. <laughs> Good morning, Chair Anderson and members of the board. My name is Christian Funicelli, and I live on Iron Gate Road in Potomac, Maryland. Um, as a resident for 15 years of Montgomery County, I would like to offer my support for Strathmore Square. I recently learned about these plans and am very excited about the proposal. Um, this is the ideal site for higher density and increased amenities because of its positioning on top of Metro. Um, because of this, it will ensure the site will not overrun with car traffic and congestion. I currently live in Potomac, but like many young professionals, I would love to move to an area like Strathmore Square in the future. It's an ideal site with its neighborhood amenities and um, convenient location on top of public transit. At the end of the day, I feel Montgomery County needs smart new development like this because in the past 15 years that I've lived here, I've seen very few new projects to attract people. Where I live in Potomac, I've seen really nothing change other than recently renovated uh, Montgomery Mall and two new pads on Cabin John, which wasn't very much of a difference. Um, I would like to see Strathmore Square come to fruition because Rockville Pike is in desperate need of modernization. The entire pike is so old and unchanged, but seeing it start to get revitalized with Strathmore Square following Pike and Rose development will hopefully entice development to start going north as well as east with Nicholson and down Beers Mill Road um, into Wheaton. So please support Five Squares sketch plan application. Thank you for allowing me to speak today. Thank you. Monica Jeffries, is it Hazangelis? Close? You got it almost right. Hazangelis. Hazangelis. <laughs> well, I thought about Los Angeles. But yes. Think, yeah. yeah. Okay. Turn off. Oh, his is giving you a little sure. feedback there. Yeah, there you go. Hello, Chairman Anderson and members of the board. Thank you for the opportunity to testify today. My name is Monica Jeffries Hisangelis, and I'm the president and CEO of Strathmore. I've had the opportunity to be with you before and describe our long history with Five Squares development, beginning with Symphony Park at the other end of the Strathmore campus. We are very proud to continue partnering with Five Squares to bring this new community to the area surrounding the Grosvenor Strathmore Metro Station. We're committed to working with a really creative team and especially excited to help imagine the first arts integrated station in the entire metro system. Strathmore is grateful for its long and distinguished partnership with both WMATA and the county and we have a history of collaborating to pursue common, common goals and to achieve real results for the residents surrounding the Strathmore campus. We think the Strathmore Square development is an organic next step in Strathmore's cooperation with our community partners to enliven its neighborhood and uh, bring art and music to its future residents. 
We're already in discussion about potential programming, creative amenities, and even lifelong learning opportunities on the campus. We hope that you'll support the proposed plan and thank you again for allowing me to testify. Thank you so much. Uh, okay, our next group is Richard Hoy, Natalia Gleason, Michael Kay, Al Okonski, Stuart Schwartz, and or Pete Tomeo, I guess, and Lynn Parsons. Hello. And looks like we might have room for the last two folks on the list, so I'll just call up um, Dave Sears and Jane Lewin, or Lewin. Come on up. It's a, it's a little tight, but if you... Uh, yeah, but that's, whatever. that's up to you. <laughs> you can sit around the edge, and then when it's your turn, you can, yeah, you know the drill. Okay. Mr. Ahoy. Thank you, Chairman Anderson uh, and, and, and fellow commissioners for the chance to speak. My name is Richard Hoy. I'm a Bethesda resident, a retired firefighter. Uh, I've been car-free now for 25 years. And uh, uh, first off, I want to say thank you to Commissioner Natty Lee, Fanny Gonzalez, for yes, uh, for uh, coming to the Vision Zero Walk on Saturday. It's really great to see commissioners uh, out in the community with the community members uh, and engaged so much. So, so thank you for that. <coughs> uh, throughout my uh, career uh, on the side, I have been a pedestrian and, and urban advocate, uh, and I've walked my talk, as, as you know. Uh, I'm here to support the project here uh, that uh, Five Squares is, is proposing, and um, I do not wish to defend it. I wish to uh, tell you how great it is to have an opportunity to build near a metro station a complete idea, a complete project with a vision. Uh, we do not have many opportunities for infill development near metro stations that is not uh, piecemeal, pretty much the land is not owned by one uh, ent entity, and it requires uh, a lot of work uh, and painstaking work to make the pieces fit together properly. Five Squares has a great history of uh, developing pedestrian-friendly projects, and, uh, and their work is evident in our, in our county. So uh, I wholeheartedly support this, and the density and the height of the buildings, this is a real opportunity here that we do not have in other locations to build densely and high uh, because of its uh, natural features, its location. It, there are very few con potential conflicts with surrounding landowners and land uses. So that is uh, uh, possible and part of the power of the, and part of the creativity that can be unleashed in this project. Um, uh, so I, I do not, uh, uh, we, we need green space, we need green things, sure. But as somebody who, is, uh, who loves being in urban places, I love being around people, and I love being around things to do with strangers. And, uh, and that is the primary uh, element of this project that I look forward to. And uh, you need the density to, uh, to maximize that opportunity. 
Uh, and I guess the, the one uh, the thing that I think that we need here um, that uh, I'm sure we have room for, and that is a polling place. Because it is places like these that develop uh, civic-mindedness, and we can express that daily and also every two years. And uh, being able to walk out of your door, down, down the elevator, to polling place and meet your neighbors and discuss politics uh, is would be a great thing. Thank you. Maybe even or maybe even an early polling place that would be uh, hard to imagine something that would be as metro accessible for early polling. Um, Natalia Gleason. No. Uh, how about Michael K? Is that you? Go right ahead. Just uh, press the button on your mic. There you thank go. Thank you. Good morning. Um, I'm actually someone who has 40 years of real estate development experience, but I'm speaking to you this morning in my role as president of the uh, Symphony Park at Strathmore Homeowners Association. Uh, we ask that you vote in favor of five squares sketch plan uh, application for Strathmore Square. Ron Kaplan, the principal of five squares, was involved in the development of Symphony Park uh, over five years ago, which is why I'm here. I've worked with him on a number of capacities to make it the success it is today. Uh, with Symphony Park, they demonstrated their commitment to a level of excellence, and I have no doubt they'll do the same with Strathmore Square. Our neighborhood, which I was the first resident and first uh, buyer, um, was built within walking distance of the Grosvenor Strathmore Metro Station, uh, which is why many of us chose to live there, and I believe Strathmore Square will have a significant appeal for both current and future residents. The sketch plan application for the project shows Five Square's commitment to bringing arts into our community. It proposes numerous art spaces for both artists and students. When we purchased our homes, we were given three-year memberships to Strathmore, and I understand that this will uh, continue um, with the plans for Strathmore Square. Putting in greater density around the metro station simply makes sense. If there's any place where this is most appropriate, it's on the red line stop. There is such little undeveloped land in the area, so it's important to increase density on underutilized land like this around a transit hub. Our community is confident that the plans for Strathmore Square will be developed uh, with great sensitivity and respect for surrounding neighborhoods like ours. Uh, I'm very familiar with projects like this. My father developed two uh, red line metro sites, the Bethesda Metro site, which um, includes the Hyatt Regency Hotel, three Bethesda Metro office building, the tunnel underneath Wisconsin Avenue we developed, uh, was the first WMATA private partnership with a land lease that dates back to 1979. Uh, I worked on the project starting in 1982 until it was completed in 85. Um, we also developed around the Twinbrook Metro Station. It's now the Hilton Hotel Twinbrook Office Building, uh, which at the time was pioneering out there. But it was very similar, and I know what density does uh, for a project and how it energizes an area because we were pioneers with uh, metro site developments. Please support Five Square's vision for Strathmore Square and thank you for allowing me to speak. Thank you for coming. Al Okonski. Uh, good morning, planning board members. Uh, my name is Al Okonski and I live in Grosvenor Park 2 across Rockville Pike from the Grosvenor Strathmore Metro Station. I'm speaking to you today to express support of Five Square's vision for Strathmore Square. My wife and I both support the sketch plan application 
for the development. We believe that the plans propose street alignments, building heights and setbacks from the street all share, show careful thought and sensitivity to neighborhood properties, especially those immediately adjacent to the metro station. We've closely followed progress of this development over the past two years, and we have attended meetings and presentations, reviewed all the project materials, and asked many questions. Both of us work as architects, which helps us better understand the plans and discuss them with our neighbors. We look forward to this project because it will fulfill the promise of our metro station and the surrounding neighborhoods. It establishes a better sense of place, including a community focal point, which is currently missing. We appreciate that it is concentrated at a station along our transit corridor. This makes community development sense to residents like us, and it makes economic sense. The sketch plan application also leverages our community's Strathmore Arts Center asset by offering small ground floor space for Strathmore classes and providing the potential for a local amphitheater. This will help enliven the community atmosphere, especially around that metro station. Five Square's plans for incorporating small retail around the Village Square promises badly needed local business activity to our community in a suitable and a sustainable way. This is the kind of creative approach we need and we want for not only, Strath not only the Grosvenor Park to residents, but for everybody who lives nearby in our community. Ultimately, it will improve the metro station, we believe, and the surrounding area in a tangible and in a practical way. Thank you for your time this morning. I urge you to approve the sketch plan application. It establishes a focal point for the community along a transit corridor and will provide many new and exciting amenities for nearby residents and commuters. Thank you. Thank you. Pete Tomeo. Hi. Thank you, Chairman Anderson and uh, members of the planning board. I'm speaking today on behalf of our executive director who had a family issue arise, and I'm testifying on behalf of him. Um, Montgomery County and other jurisdictions in the Washington, D.C. region are in the midst of a transformation from wholly auto-dependent development to the creation of networks of walkable, bikeable, transit-oriented centers and neighborhoods, <clears throat> and we believe this project fulfills that vision. Uh, the parcels at the Grosvenor Metro Station are exactly the type of site where we should be encouraging uh, redevelopment and growth, and Five Squares envisions Strathmore Square as an exemplary, transit-oriented, walkable, and dynamic community that will be well-connected through streets, blocks, open spaces to surrounding neighborhoods. Uh, the project will incorporate six residential buildings um, that uh, include setbacks to be compatible with uh, the surrounding communities along Tuckerman Lane. It includes uh, placemaking elements that will create a vibrant uh, TOD community. Uh, the 1.2-acre Central Park, fronted by 10,000 square feet of neighborhood retail and a new internal private road, uh, will be designed as a shared street that encourages street activity for all modes, pedestrians, bicyclists, and vehicles. Uh, stormwater management will be incorporated through green roofs and buildings, um, will be oriented to maximize solar exposure. Uh, the rest of the testimony has been uh, 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 stated already um, by many other speakers, but I want to add as a millennial and jump on that bandwagon, I think spaces like this are very important. Um, I live around the corner here in Silver Spring and creating more areas that are near metro that have amenities that are walkable, 
um, are important to um, attracting the next generation workforce. And especially as our senior population is set to double in the county, um, which is going to impact our median wage, and we're already seeing that happen now. Uh, I think it's really important to create these spaces, and I hope you can improve this project. Thank you. Uh, Lynn Parsons. Oh, if you just hit the button, that would be great. Thank I've you. been here before. I'm Lynn yes. Parsons. Uh, I um, am very much in favor and hopeful that this is what I, I hear it's going to be, which is a sustainable, um, uh, green, uh, high-density uh, residential area. I am very much uh, in favor of trying to improve the environment, and I work for an international uh, organization that does that, but I see that things are crumbling right around my neighborhood. My community, which is right next to the development, <clears throat> it sits right beside Rock Creek Park, and the park is, in a, well, it's, the wildlife is, is having a really tough time dealing with invasive species, and um, the, the way the stormwater coming from my community and Garrett Park is rushing through Rock Creek, it's, it's just not working well for the environment. So we're trying to do things to mitigate that in my community, but this is a, a chance to get this started from the ground up. Um, there's invasive species in the section uh, alongside the parking area that um, support the um, spotted lanternfly, which is now going to be a, a problem in Maryland. It's just been spotted and it's doing devastation to the, the crops in um, Pennsylvania. So um, my hope is that this is replacing a negative space with a positive space. So you're getting the density close to the transportation, um, and they're, uh, from what I understand, they're planting nat native species, doing stormwater management, and things that, that um, other communities' development have not done, and that's causing a real problem for, for our water supply and for our environment. Great points. Thank you. Mm -hmm. uh, Dave Sears. Good morning. I'm Dave Sears. I'm chair of the Montgomery County Sierra Club, and I'm in support of this sketch plan. Um, let me, um, I, I have two pages. I'm not going to read the, read the whole thing, I'll, but I have copies for everybody. But I uh, want to emphasize a couple of things. Number one is, number, number one issue from an environmental point of view, so therefore number one issue for Sierra Club right now is climate change. And in metropolitan areas, uh, the way that you address climate change is you make very smart land use and transportation decisions. This plan uh, moves us in the right direction. So we're, we're very pleased to support this plan. Um, and I outline here six different aspects um, of this plan that, uh, that will help us address climate change. Number one, we have high density at transit, so therefore this allows more people, more opportunities to get where they need to go without driving their cars. Affordable housing, I'm pleased to see that uh, MPDU has gone up to 15% here. That's exactly right. Um, that is an important part of uh, addressing climate change because uh, lower income people that live next to transit 
will use transit more than higher income people that live right next door. Um, that's, uh, research shows that's true. Parks and plazas, that's really good because if you want this to be a successful community, it has to be attractive. And, and uh, many of the earlier speakers have indicated lots of ways in which this is going to be a very attractive environment. Walkability is a piece of it, reduced, reduced parking, um, and energy efficiency. So those are all pieces of the puzzle. And I'll just read to you my last uh, two or three sentences. So, Sierra Club believes that the Grosvenor Strathmore plan in front of the planning board does a good job in helping us to address climate change. This plan will enable the county to make good progress on each of the six aspects, high density, affordable housing, et cetera, that I just mentioned. This plan could be even stronger if the planning board modified the plan to provide higher density. Um, and I'm not suggesting that you do that, although you might think about it. But thinking more broadly than this particular plan, but thinking more broadly about plans that will come in front of you uh, over the coming months and years. As the planning board considers future plans at transit stations, and this includes Metro, Purple Line, BRT stations, we urge you to push harder for more density in such neighborhoods. Thank you. Thank you very much. Ms. Uh, Lewin, Lewin. My name is Jane Lewin, and I represent the Parkside Condominium Association. Parkside is a community of 954 households in 102 garden-style buildings situated on 69 acres across Tuckerman Lane from the Grosvenor Strathmore Metro property. At various points, our borders are contiguous with Strathmore Park, Stony Brook, and Garrett Park, and we also have a long border that is contiguous with Rock Creek Park. First, I'll mention the aspects of the proposed development that we much appreciate, and will then comment on two problems that we believe need to be dealt with. First, we appreciate Mr. Kaplan's continual openness to meeting with neighborhood residents, his receptivity to our comments, and his readiness to respond to questions and objections. Second, we are pleased that the plot of grass between the garage and Tuckerman Lane, across Tuckerman from the Music Center, is to become a dog park. Parkside itself is a no-pet community. However, because our roads and the adjacent sidewalks are owned by the county, neighborhood dogs may enjoy the benefits of walking through Parkside despite our own no-pet status. Strathmore Square's dog park should prove far more attractive to the neighborhood dogs than Parkside's sidewalks will ever be. Third, we applaud Mr. Kaplan's intention of providing Strathmore Square with amenities and non-destination retail that will serve all the communities in the neighborhood. We are very aware that the benefits of such amenities and retail establishments will extend to our residents and, as Mr. Kaplan projects, will contribute to the creation of neighborhood cohesiveness. Further, Mr. Kaplan's strong desire to receive suggestions from us as to amenities and small retail establishments that we would like him to consider bodes well. It matters to us as well as to him that the amenities and small retail establishments that are selected be appealing to the entire immediately surrounding neighborhood. So in that respect, he and we are partners. Now, two matters that concern us greatly, traffic congestion and school overcrowding. Though not explicitly embedded in the sketch plan, both are white elephants that are embedded in the ramifications of a development like this. 
Traffic congestion on Rockville Pike is already very bad and school overcrowding in the Walter Johnson cluster is already excessive. The completion of Strathmore Square will make both problems worse. We urge the planning board to ensure that both problems are addressed during the approval process and that the sequencing of these public facilities be taken into account as the approval process moves forward. Thank you. Thank you. Um, on that last note, I would say uh, that they will be, uh, and the law requires them to, to be, uh, that is to say, the school capacity issues. And that's in the relatively near future, the, as you probably know, the, the school system is planning on reopening uh, the old Woodward uh, High School. That is probably, uh, based on their current capital budget proposal, not going to be available uh, other than as a holding school inside the, uh, whatever it is, the five or six year CIP cycle. But we're talking to them right now about trying to figure out a way to get that uh, accelerated, which is to say not used as a holding school for the next couple of years for Northwood, but instead to be available for, uh, to serve those neighborhoods that are currently served by not just WJ, but Whitman and BCC and uh, some of the other adjoining school clusters. So that's very much on our mind. Thank you for coming to testify. Yes, ma'am. Uh, I'm sorry, I forgot where your hand was. Could you just hit the button on the mic? I forgot to mention my biggest concern is the EV infrastructure. So this is um, kind of related. I was testifying two weeks ago in Howard County. They require EV infrastructure now for new development. And that's one of the things that I understood was happening with this because I, in Parkside, had to put my own infrastructure in, and it was unbelievable for um, infrastructure that's that old. So okay. that's another yes, example. Okay, yes, we can ask about that. Mm -hmm. Thank you all. And I'll ask the development team to step up here again to see if we have any other questions or issues to resolve. And while they're doing that, does the board have any questions for staff? combination for staff or the developer. Okay, just uh, have one question on the uh, parking. Actually, uh, the Metro Garage serving transit, they arrive at random times and it's easy to get in and out of the garage. Uh, the one thing, my wife enjoy going to Strathmore and the question is exiting the garage in the evening. Uh, you have the private roadway designated that goes by the town square, if you will. And in terms of in your total package or as staff looked at uh, how this uh, exiting Strathmore, uh, an event out of the garage, will it be enhanced or facilitated by this development? That's kind of one question <coughs> that I have. I don't know who. Uh. We can take a yeah. shot of response. Yeah, I mean, if you, is it, I mean, it says private street. Does that mean you can't go that way south and then exit to tuck them in and go down to the, is that going to be closed, um, people exiting record, Strathmore? Uh, for the record, Silky Knuppel with Bike of Maryland. Um, so in the initial stage with the garage, okay, um, for the initial stage with the garage expansion, all traffic will continue to exit at the same intersection. Um, 
but in the future when that the when the internal spine road is constructed there will be the ability to exit right out of the garage so we expect it to actually help um, alleviate uh, the traffic flow during uh, big events yeah so I, people, I think it's less an issue uh, trains arriving you know spaced out and then people can spread out getting it but certainly the events that distract more it's a factor so I think that <coughs> if that's something that's considered that would be good uh, thank you for that uh, the other thing is on the two stairways that you have you have the runnel for bikes is there a alternate ADA provision of those stairs or is there some alternate way uh, how is that being addressed um, so or is there a need for ADA alternate in? There is a need for an ADA alternate, and that, that has been a question that WMATA has raised um, early on. Okay. So we have an alternate uh, accessible path that is planned um, in lieu of the stairs um, to Tuckerman from I the mean, state. they're very dramatic and attractive, and I understand that. But, and you have the, you're doing the runnel for the bikes on there? That's correct. Right. Yep. But you, go ahead and finish on your alternate for ADA. So there will be an alternative um, sidewalk uh, path for people exiting the metro station. Um, right now, it's it's envisioned in general to go from the station entrance through the park and then to the left um, towards Tuckerman. That, that will be an ADA-accessible route in lieu of traveling down the stairs. Well, the, the stairs that up in the upper part of the diagram, the two black uh, hash marks, those are the stairs up top. If you... Yeah, those two stairs, those are, they look dramatic on the, the picture, and you have the runnel for bikes. In terms of those, uh, is there an ADA alternate to those? or Not at the exact location of the okay. stair. It'll be an alternative route that goes a slightly different direction. And that, that does meet uh, staff's comfortable with that provision that meets the county requirements for ADA? Okay. And then the other question, uh, just in terms of uh, access to Rock Creek Park, is it, uh, crossing Tuckerman, is it clear that the parks uh, department is is there an access or is there a you know a bike path, a walking path for this community to get into the uh, path and bike path and walking path along Rock Creek Park? Is that something that's been looked at? I mean, because it's touted as one of the amenities to be surrounded by park that one diagram and. Uh, the idea is is the resident the adjacent residential development can you not cut can you actually get into the park which shows up on the sketch so, uh, so I'll, I'll share my personal experience with you um, yeah you live, said you lived in the yeah I do. Um, this year the county did stripe bike lanes um, okay. on Tuckerman Drive so you can travel south on Tuckerman in a bike lane or on the sidewalk if you're a pedestrian um, and then when you get to the 355 intersection, yeah. there's an existing sidewalk that goes from, from Tuckerman down to Grosvenor Lane. Right. So you can follow that sidewalk, and then the bike lane starts uh, right there uh, okay. at Grosvenor Lane. All right. Now, just on this sketch that you, is on the screen there with the north arrow, just to the left of the north arrow there where that little corner seems to touch uh, uh, Montrose Avenue there, uh, is that... Is there access to the park system there, or is that something uh, has been considered to be planned in conjunction with our parks department? Uh, there's nothing existing. Um, is there anything planned or considered? There's an entrance just south of here. It's not on the image, unfortunately, but yeah. it's, it's, um, 
less than a quarter mile. I mean, it's it's really okay. probably right. a few hundred right. feet before you can access the park. And okay, and then uh, just you know, there's such a great asset. If you can get there easily, that's great. Uh, the other comment would be on the uh, building six. You say that's a later project. I guess I might have raised the issue earlier. Uh, just extending that over the tracks, whether Metro is amenable to that. I realize there's a structural issue to that. But again, that could be an opportunity for a second exit there. Uh, and also a totally covered station, uh, that overhead covering could be extended to that building or that site. And then is that something you're going to come in later on that particular corner? In terms of it? Um, yeah, I, I would say most probably, I mean, it's a site that um, will require study. It was pointed out also in the report in terms of overall access to this site. Um, we have raised this issue. It did come up uh, before. Um, also came up with the council uh, with WMATA. So there's obviously, as you know well, engineering yeah, and yeah, cost implications yeah. to it. Um, it's not something they... Um, Currently, are considering, but it's something again. If it's a later stage, I think that we. But it could expand your building. There, it could expand. It would obviously give. It would obviously, from the building standpoint, would be nice to be able to do if it were feasible, in terms of the floor plates. Um, So it's something we'll continue to work on. As you said, it's not the first building, so it'll give time for the site to build out. You know, it provides an alternate entrance there, even from a safety standpoint, and then it it could the building would shelter the station and might the. Be able to complete the canopy that's over the station. So and that, and that area was actually included in the minor master plan, especially yeah. during the council, as a thought of not increasing necessarily the density on that particular okay. piece over the property, but increasing the height opportunity to take right into right. consideration um, providing some of the access, things that you right. had mentioned okay. in the in the possibility of being able to build over that area. Right. Okay. Thank you. Anybody have any other questions, Tina? Thank you. I actually, it's more just a question. And again, we're at sketch plan, but I'm hoping moving forward, you've mentioned the green roofs, but I'm hoping that you'll also consider actual vegetated roofs. Hmm. We heard from the community, um, and you've heard me say this before. Let's think about some plantings. um, Pollinators, we need them in the community. We don't, you know, with the kind of traffic we're talking about at the ground level, They'll probably either be run off, sprayed off, or walked off. But if we can consider the the vegetated roofs, that would be very helpful to bring pollinators into the area. Uh, For me, two things. One is that I get so excited when I see that I participated in a master plan, and then I see the projects coming in. I mean, I'm seeing it right now with you guys. It's so cool. And also with uh, Montgomery Village, too, happened there. Um, that's why I love these small master plans, you know, that are really focused, and we should be doing more of those instead of those huge ones that takes years for people to see a little difference. Uh, so it's gorgeous, as I said it before, and um, I love your engagement practice, and that's why you're being so successful. Like we have seen, I've seen applicants coming in, and they only have one meeting with a community. It shouldn't be like that. It should be going after, you know, having multiple meetings to engage more people and, and having people feeling empowered with a project, and that's what you have accomplished here. So I congratulate you for that. Um, the other, somebody mentioned, the lady in the back, about she talked about public facilities. 
And it's true, you know, sometimes we have developers are, rep are responsible of updating public facilities around the area, you know, bike lanes or whatever. But also the county has, has to invest too. So I will ask you to, you know, it's, this is not just the only thing that you should come here and, and testify, but go back and talk to the county council. We have a new county council coming in and push to have BRT on Rockville Pike, push to have Mark Rail all the way to, you know, App County, push to have, you know, better service with Metro and, 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 and the bus system so there are less cars on the roads. You know, people, these county council members, some of them have never had dealt with these issues before. They need to be educated, and I'm going to mm. be very responsible when I say these words. I have said it to them already. Mm. So, um, so we need the money from the county council um, to do these things. So otherwise, we keep approving projects, and you get, you know, the overcrowding that people talk about in schools. I have two kids in schools, okay? I see it. And, but it's not my fault because I'm approving these projects. It's, it's, you know, people need to, like, be more mindful and talk to, and, and make sure that we get – the, the infrastructure that the, plan, the, the master plans are supposed to give, you know? And finally, to my fellow millennials, you know, I love that you come here and testify, but, you know, it's going to take, what, like two years for, at least two years for these buildings, at least one of them to open That's up. That's start, yep. Yeah. Meanwhile, you know, I live in Wheaton. We have retail. We have the metro. I walk to the metro. It takes me less than 10 minutes with high heels walking to the metro station. <laughs> So you, can move, you can move from Potomac to, in the same speech that you gave, which I embraced, you can have it tomorrow if you move out of your house yeah. in Big Potomac. No, need, no need to stay in your parents' basement. No need to stay. In, I mean, I, I move out of my house like, quick. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just saying, you know, there are more places, red line stops in Montgomery County than Bethesda, Rosner, whatever. You can go to Silver Spring, you can come to Wheaton, you can come to Glenmont. Had to say it. Well, I was just going to mention if we could interest you in Forest Glen. <laughs> so, you know, that would, while you're. I just want to just add to that. I think it was a credit that I guess all of the speakers spoke were supportive, so your outreach has been good and shows what uh, a happy hour can do with millenniums as well. So. <laughs> I will say any age. Any age. No, but I think that's a credit to your effort to get the community involved, and it seemed like there's, there's great support. Thank you. Okay, could we get a motion? I do, I, I've been involved in TOD in uh, D.C. and uh, up in Baltimore, so I do, would like to make a motion to approve as recommended by staff. A second. All in favor? Aye. 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 Opposed? That's approved. Good Look luck. forward to seeing Thank your you preliminary Thank you very much, plan Mr. And, Chair. Thank you very much. Thank you Mr. Your Chairman, support. we have... Um, copies of our PowerPoint presentation that we'd just like to submit into the record as well as I think you I think staff mentioned that um, you received a letter of, of support from WMATA but we just want to make sure that that's in the record as well. We've yeah. received Thank it. you very much. Thanks.